Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about the need for GMing advice? Hmm. It's like as if I purchased a GMing publishing line or something. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I'm your other host, Senda. And tonight's topic. So, just to recap what happened last week, uh, Phil's back from Boston, but we ended up missing a week because both Phil's laptop and his back gave out. Uh, So... We're back to recording on our normal time and our normal night on Phil's other laptop, and he's sitting up and moving around again. I can see him with my own two eyeballs. He doesn't Ugh. seem to be in pain. What a lousy <laughs> From that, at week. Least. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry about that. Glad to be back. It was kind of actually fantastic to have a week off of editing, but maybe we'll talk about that later. Anyway, tonight we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to both of us, which is GMing advice. So this is in part because Encoded Designs recently acquired uh, Engine Publishing as an imprint, which, yay, cool. And it's also because it's at the core of our actual show, right, is jamming advice. So, Phil, before we jump into the just talking about jamming advice in general, do you want to say a couple things about that acquisition of Engine Publishing? Yeah, yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll say a few things if people aren't um, fully aware. So Engine Publishing was originally the publishing arm of Gnome Stew. When Martin Ralia was both the gnome in chief and the owner of Engine Publishing, I think most people know the Engine Publishing books, right? So Eureka, Masks, Never Unprepared, Odyssey, Focal Point, and Unframed are the uh, six titles that Engine put out over the years. I was a contributor on all of them. In fact, uh, Never Unprepared was my first solo book that I ever wrote. So Mm -hmm. that was... um, it's actually the only solo book. It's not even the first one. It's the only solo book I've ever written. <laughs> and anyway, so obviously Engine was something that was very near and dear to me, but I also really liked I really liked writing GMing advice for a long time and uh, thought I was just going to do that and not get into game design or publishing. But that, <laughs> that slippery slope is... Uh, it's a slippery it, slope. <laughs> right. You just, once you set foot on it, like you, it's all downhill. Um, so anyway, Martin... Uh, over the years, Martin just wasn't into publishing anymore and uh, approached me about purchasing Engine and putting it under Encoded, to which I enthusiastically, over-enthusiastically possibly, if that's a term, uh, said yes. And uh, so now Engine is a imprint of Encoded Designs, and that imprint is all about jamming advice. So I'm like coming around full circle, right? Because we're—I mean, I'll still be doing game design stuff, but I'm definitely going to um, be doing some more GMing advice, which I super love because we do the show and I do misdirected mark, and so it's a thing I talk about constantly, right? I'm yeah. fairly certain—I'm fairly certain—if we clock it in, nobody does this more than I do. Yeah, you do it a lot. Two shows a week, uh, mm-hmm. two shows a week, an article a month, and having written everything else in the past, like I'm pretty sure, like I'm pretty sure if I'm not the guy doing it the most, I'm in the top, like I'm in the top five. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, for sure. Yeah. Cool. So, so tonight we're going to talk about why GMing advice is important and what the future of GMing advice may look like if Phil gets his way. So 
Let's go ahead and jump ourselves right into a definition, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Definition Panda. I, not so much uh, definition, because I think we all know what jamming advice is. Well, um, yeah, but, but it said but, definition in the notes, so. <laughs> right, but by way of framing out our discussion, uh, yeah. we always do like to do a little like definition background to kind of frame out our discussion. So let me ask you, where did you first get your jamming advice? So this was a really interesting one. I, I actually saw this question in the notes, and I had to think really hard about it. Because I was trying to remember when I first started GMing, and I know I started looking some things up on the internet. I am actually pretty sure that it was Gnome Stew. <laughs> right? Like, I know. I was I was like trolling the internet looking for stuff. I know that Gnome Stew was one of the pages that I hit and read a bunch of, which is one of those like weird moments because now I write for Gnome Stew too. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is awesome, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so the reason I bring that up is because if we are we are living in a golden age for GMing advice, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But if we uh, if we step into the wayback machine, My back favorite. to when yeah, back to when <laughs> little Phil, um, uh-huh. when little Phil had his um, box set of D and D, GMing advice was pretty sparse. In fact, there were really only three sources of GMing advice. Uh, so either somebody put it in the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Right, like somebody actually, like you know, put it in the GMing section of a game. You read it in Dragon Magazine uh, mm-hmm. when that was like, like literally, like no matter what game you were playing, the only like there were there were not many magazines, and Dragon was the largest of all of them. Right, so you read it in Dragon Magazine, or you learned it from a GM that you played with. Right, right. Um, and and you know, when I was younger, conventions were not. There were conventions. I mean, obviously, Gen Con was going on and stuff, but Gen Con was just an ad in Dragon Magazine of this mythical thing that um, right. would take me years before I could actually get to. Um, yes. So, so it was pretty sparse, right? There was no, you know, there was no internet. There was no, um, there were no web pages or anything like that. <laughs> there was no gnome um, stew. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a there wasn't a gnome stew because mm-hmm. I was there when gnome stew was created. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway. Um, and someday I'll tell that story. Uh, but today, like we are, we are blessed with so many different sources of GMing advice and so many examples of GMing in action. Right. Right. Just so many, and and one of those is blogs, just like Gnome Stew, and there are so many more. Right. Yep. So very, very many more, and there's many, many very amazing ones, and you get to zoom in and kind of narrow in on the stuff that you want and is important. Um, podcasts like this one, right? But also actual play podcasts and, and, and other versions of actual play, meaning um, like streaming, basically all, all the versions and ways that you can consume role-playing games as media, um, which is both podcasts and streaming and then also like pre-recorded things on YouTube. And then also now there's actual books of advice. Uh, like, yeah, I mean. Y- you publish some of them now um, and, 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 and other people are starting to do them too, right? Yeah, Sly Flourish has done several books over the years. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean. There Monty are, Cook uh, even I, has one now. Right? <laughs> Monty Cook, Monty Cook, the Monty Cook crew, I should say, has yeah, one. Yeah, um, all of them. Robin, yeah. Laws of, Robin Laws, of course, of has course, been doing of course. them. Yeah. yeah, my bad. How could I miss? I mean, by the way, Robin Laws was actually, uh, Robin Laws Guide to Good Game Mastering was actually my first. Right, that makes advice. sense. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, um, there's so many ways to expand your jamming skills. 
Uh, and, and, and really, they line up with the way that you like to learn best, right? So if you are a visual learner, you can watch streamers. If you're an auditory learner, you can definitely listen to APs or podcasts. And if you're, you know, if you primarily learn by reading, you've got blogs and books. So like we, like there's so many ways that we can learn to be better GMs. So let's talk about that, right? Let, let's talk about why, if you're a GM, you should be actively working on your skills, right? Because we joke that uh, we joke on the show often here that there's eight skills that make up GMing. Right. I mean, of, of course, when we actually get down to it, there's probably a lot more than eight. Sure. Right. Like, I think the thing that Chris, yeah. I think the I think the thing Chris says is that you can only do eight of them at once, right? Right. Yeah. Which is fair. <laughs> yeah. So with all the skills of being a GM, there is there is room for us to learn and improve on on different skills. And the great part is that because we're in this age with such great GMing advice um, and so many different styles of GMing that you can find advice for very specific things. Oh, yeah. You know, like you can just drill in and find advice. I'm just going to pause for a second. Um, yeah. When we were um, talking about different sources, we totally missed message boards and social media. Right? Oh, like that's we, a whole yeah. other. That is a whole other thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because we now live in an age where you can just go ask somebody. Right. How do you deal like, with this thing when it happens? Absolutely. All right. So good. I, <laughs> yeah, okay, I good. just wanted to I just wanted to loop that back in because I, you know, otherwise people are like, you didn't talk about social media, but we totally just did. Okay. Yeah, we totally said it. Yeah. So so anyway, basically what we're going for here is that GMing is kind of a constantly evolving skill set, right? We want to be working on the skills and not just letting them stagnate because of course you want to keep improving how your games go and how much fun you have running them, hopefully. So actually running games is a great experience and it is a thing that you absolutely do need to do to continuously improve your GMing skills, but it's not the only thing that you should do because if all you do is run games, then basically you can only learn from the things that go wrong or right in your games. You have to essentially reinvent the wheel on some stuff that other people have already been doing, right? Yeah. So when you run a game, you also don't always use the same set of skills. So if you are in particular trying to work on a certain skill, you have to wait for it to come up at the table yeah. in order to improve upon it rather than just doing some like deliberate work on it. Yeah. So in conjunction with running games, you should also be picking specific things that you want to work on um, to improve and then kind of pinpointing those to keep working on outside of actually running games, right? Yeah. So you should be looking at places where you are struggling or you're uncomfortable. You, we, we all have spots where we are where we know we're like, ugh, that's not me. Or like, yep. oh, I hate when this comes up. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then you can look for advice in those areas. I mean, like one for me that often hangs me up is accents. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing I've learned is that it would take considerable work to become really good at accents, like like actual voice work kind of thing. And I don't have the time. So <laughs> that is an area I don't uh, work on because half-done accents are far more dangerous and worse than not doing them at all. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but for instance, let's not take an example where we're not going to improve, because I did the research. I just know that I didn't have the time to commit to it. But let's right. say that, for instance, your table management is weak, um, You know, your ability to actually manage people at the table and keep them focused, that kind of thing. Then you may want to do some searches on Gnome Stew or check out your favorite podcast backlog. Or, you know, there's even a chapter in Focal Point that is specifically about this concept, right? So you can drill in and say, like, okay, I have trouble keeping all my players on task. 
how, like, how do I get better at that? Right. Absolutely. So, so from time to time, our advice would be that you can take stock of yourself as a GM and think about like, what are, what are the areas that I don't feel super comfortable in? What do I want to improve? And maybe that's like, I don't know, a certain time of year, like when you're feeling it. Yeah, there may be milestone dates that click with you. Like, um, it could be like a birthday. It could be, you know, like end of the year. Like uh, a lot of times when you get to um, the end of the year, like we podcasters always do these like years and reviews. What did we learn? What are we looking forward to the next year kind of thing? Right. Um, so those are really important. Um, it could be something weird like a um, – so like in my group years ago, the 4th of July was a very significant time of the year because we would all go out and go sit and watch fireworks together and while we were waiting for the sun to go down we would talk about all our games like which games do we want to keep running which games do we want to ditch like it became this it became this really weird thing where like it was like a year in review but it was always it fourth of july and like the fifth of july always marked like this new energy of like okay <laughs> Like we have these great discussions and we're dumping these, you know, we're dumping these games because nobody's having fun at them anymore. We're going to start playing these games and all that stuff. So anyway, it could be something like that, but find a time of the year to reflect upon your jamming. Yeah. That's one, that's one way, right? I actually really like the way that that worked for you. That sounds fantastic. Anyway, or it, it's another thing. It, it could come up, you know, after a convention, um, if you've played at someone's table and, and had a moment where you go, oh, wow, that thing that they did or the way that this felt, how they, how they ran this game felt really cool. I want to be able to recreate that feeling or that experience at my table. And maybe not even a convention, maybe just, you know, you played a game with someone wherever it was. Um, and, or and heard a game. Or heard a game on an AP, because that's absolutely happened to me, right? So, like, you can also just basically be inspired by other game masters that you're experiencing um, their play, whether in person or not, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, take stock and uh, look for sources. I guarantee you somebody somebody has written – there. I can't tell you how many times we start working on show notes and then I'm like, oh. I've actually written this article like five years <laughs> so ago. So <laughs> many times. <laughs> um, so trust me that that advice is out there. And sometimes if you can't find it easily, just ask. People will remember. Yeah. Um, you know, throw it out on Twitter or whatever. Okay. So I'm talking about like where GMing advice is going, because this is a little bit of, you know, now that I have a GMing publishing line, like I'm starting, <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a couple months as, you know, the deal was being worked out with, with Engine. I, I do think that GMing advice is something that is constantly evolving because um, RPG design is constantly evolving. And there's there's always perennial advice, right? There's always advice that is never going to go away. But other advice, like, starts to look dated just because, like, that's not how we game or that's not how we think about games anymore. And new ideas are constantly emerging. Back when I got into writing GMing advice for Gnome Stew, like back in 07, safety wasn't even a topic that was ever discussed. Like that's yeah, I know. not even a, like that wasn't even a thing. Now, not um, only are people designing games with safety mechanics built in, like, so are we. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, games didn't have safety mechanics. I mean, not even add-ons. Like, I mean, the X card was a thing that came like later. Right. So, but now games are being built with it, you know, right in the rules. Yeah. So uh, we are, you know, our hobby is constantly evolving. Uh, so where where is new advice going to come from? 
it's definitely it definitely always comes from new people entering the hobby and figuring out their GMing style. That is almost the that is like the prime way that this stuff comes into the hobby. Right, which is really one of the reasons that inclusivity and diversity in gaming, um, and even more so in leadership roles in gaming, are so important because that's that's how we get this new stuff and new ideas coming into the community. Absolutely. I mean, the more diverse GMs, the more diverse right. um, designers, community leaders, and things like that are all going to contribute to this. It also, this advice comes out of um, new types of games that are being uh, developed. Um, yeah. for, in, for instance, I mean, just to look back a little, the GM moves from PBTA, right? As, you know, specifically from Apocalypse World when it first came out, have had a big impact in shaping the ideas of GMing now. Right. Um, um, specifically, we would call out be a fan of the players, right? That's, it's huge. Uh, yeah, like that concept, that whole concept, be a fan of the characters, be a fan of the players kind of thing. Sorry, um, did I say be I, a fan of the players? <laughs> you, you did. We, we no, can always I mean, like the players too. Well, I like. I mean, hopefully you like the players that you're playing with, but be a fan of the characters is the thing that's huge. Yeah, and that was the thing that, that was the thing that people knew, but it was never like... But 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 Apocalypse World was the first time, like I at least for me, it was the first time I ever saw anyone write it down and was like, "Do this." Right. This right? is part of the game. You have to. Right, and and <laughs> and, and then it, you know, I, so when Apocalypse World, it, really quick, when Apocalypse World first dropped, there were tons of articles reviewing the game, but I actually wrote a article for Gnome Stew about how the GMing moves for that game were basically a handbook for a way to, like, for basically it's Vincent's style of running a game. Yeah. And and those ideas have permeated. Like I'm reading um, Forbidden Lands right now by Free League, and they have principles in their yeah. game. Yeah. And and not just Forbidden Lands, but Tales from the Loop and Things from the Flood also had principles. And principles was a thing that came out of Vincent's um, Apocalypse World. Vincent and Meg, I should be let's 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 be um, let's be proper in giving credit. Vincent and Meg Baker, their Apocalypse World, right? Like. Those, so those things are happening, right? Those things are coming out of those games and getting like mo like folded into other places. Yeah. Um, novel, novel mechanisms give us ideas about GMing. Yeah. So, for example, um, the 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 cool specific one we're going to throw out here is the GM intrusion from Cipher System, right? That is yeah. a, a a cool way to think about how to you know create complications for your players. Exactly. Right. Like it's a thing you can totally do in your game. And if you model it after the mechanics from Cypher, you know, like you get to inject something into a scene, but you give everybody something. Right. Like, There's an economy. There's an economy to it. Yeah, absolutely. And GMing advice is going to come out of um, it, it comes from the different ways that games are now being played. Right. Which we're seeing not only, you know, new games being developed, but also new games being adapted for play online or specifically for actual play and streaming kind of play. Right. And, and it does mm -hmm. change things. Yeah. Yeah. And even virtual tabletops. Oh, like absolutely. D yeah. Yeah. Like running games on D, even if you're not streaming it or recording it, like running games on Roll20 is yep. changing, is changing that. Yeah. So. So there's no way there's no way to predict what GMing advice is going to emerge, like what's the newest, hippest thing. But um, there are places where we should definitely be looking. Um, mm -hmm. And I would say um, 
I would say the first place is indie game space. Yeah, because that's the space where people designing games and the people running games are kind of pushing the boundaries of what an RPG can be and do and, and intentionally discovering new ways to use shared storytelling, right? To create mm-hmm. game experiences. And from that, we're always going to be seeing also new novel ways that games can be facilitated, whether it comes from the actual rules or just from that atmosphere of discovery and creation that I think lives in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Diverse voices in social media is another place where we're going to, where we're already seeing awesome jamming advice. Right. And, and, and I think you and I spend most of our time on Twitter. So we'll call out Twitter for having awesome peeps. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure other spaces in social media are doing it. Twitter, I know for I know for a fact is doing yeah. it. If you if you follow me on Twitter and then just go and see who I follow, like right. you will find get a some good great list. voices. Yeah, yeah. There are community spaces that are doing great work around uh, GMing and play. Yeah, so one of the ones that comes to mind is uh, the Gauntlet, which is heavily focused on play. Um, so their members just in, as a whole, have been developing these great ideas. At, at, like and it's sort of this melting pot community brain that that ends up starting to spit out really cool thing, like uh, really cool things like we talked about before, um, cats for session mm-hmm. zero stuff. So that that kind of ideas, those kind of things are emerging from these communities where people are kind of iterating together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and online GMing is absolutely um, a place where um, new GMing advice, new GMing ideas are going to come out of. Yeah, because we're also seeing the rise of celebrity GMs like Matt Mercer, um, where people are looking up to them and want to be like them. And for me, this was James D'Amato, right? Because I didn't know that you could GM without running it in a very traditional way. And the fact that he did became inspiration for me to be like, oh, cool, I can do that. Right. Yeah. So it's new places where people are getting inspiration and new places where people are finding people to lead, basically. Yeah. And so my hope is like uh, with Engine that uh, we can start curating these voices and ideas. Right. We can start finding these these different voices, these different ideas and start putting them out into not just books, because uh, the truth is books take a while. Yep. Right? Books take a while to publish. I would even like to do something speedier than just books. Like I would like to, I don't know, I'm, I'm spitballing right now. So these are dangerous ideas. Yeah, ones I haven't discussed and, with any of my partners. And but, we're recording but, them even. <laughs> yeah. But ideas like I would love to look at, I'd love to look at like a magazine format or yeah. a zine format and not probably not monthly. Cause I know what the, the grind is to do something monthly, but maybe quarterly or right. biannually, like something like looking for those voices and getting them into something and then being able to collect those into some sort of larger yeah. Um, fancier, um, you know, kind of book. Yeah, the year-end collection kind of deal. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I mean, we a lot of. I mean, we have some other ideas that we're cooking up as well. But I, um, I'm definitely interested in getting those voices out and around because the truth is, as much as I love my indie games, and I do, indie games represent the vast minority yes. of what people are playing. Right, the vast majority of people are playing D anD D, and. And sometimes they're consuming D&D advice, but a lot of times they're not even doing that, right? Like they just play D&D and they don't even know, like they don't know any websites, they don't know any blogs or podcasts or anything like that. Um, And the thing is that, you know, we need to, like, there's a way to work on 
getting those those ideas that are coming from indie space from marginalized designers and things like that is to get them into that mainstream space yeah so that that is a thing i would like to work on like i would like everyone to be a better gm um, because GMing, uh, being a better GM is not only great for the players who play at the table, being a better GM makes GMing more fun for you. Right. Like it really does. Got, yeah. Yeah. When you, <laughs> like when you have your shit together and you can run a game smoothly without being nervous and like you also benefit from that, like you have a much better time, like you have a great time, um, fulfilling that role for the table. Like I was one who very much was uh, forced to be the GM when I was a kid because no one else wanted to do it. And I was bossy and, um, and you know, and organized. Um, <laughs> the face that went with that shrug. <laughs> some, some things don't change. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, over the years, as I got to be like, as I actually crafted like I said, I actually learned the craft of GMing and actually worked on improving and learning things and learning how to improv GM and all that stuff. Like, so GMing now is fun for me. Yeah. And it wasn't fun for me when I was younger. It was a necessary thing if we were going to play. But now, like, it's my preference, right? Given yeah. a preference, I will always GM. Yeah. Um, just because I'm bossy and, and you know, <laughs> whatever. But And organized. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'm bossy and organized. Have control issues, you know. Have control issues. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, that, that, so that wraps up what we're talking about GMing. We'll be doing a couple. Uh, so one, uh, just really quick, we're going to be kind of trying to stick to shorter episodes um, to give Senda um, some life in her weeks, in, like the weeks in, yeah. in terms of editing. Yeah. But we are definitely going to be doing some short ones because we are a few weeks out from Origins. So yep. expect that there will be some June grab bags coming up yep. to get ready for Origins. And with that, I think the perfect way to transition into our closing is to talk about a show on the Misdirected Mark Network that is also about GMing <laughs> advice. I know, incidentally, it just happened to be next on the list, but it worked out really well. But anyway, on the Gnome cast, several gnomes from Gnome Stew get together and talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown into the stew. Awesome. All right, let's uh, let's do this in a in a timely manner. Uh, where can people reach us on the internet, Senda? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. We almost have forums. I've seen them, but stay tuned. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places or have signed up for our shiny new forums, once they're available, what can they do with that information? Topics, 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 topics. Send us your topics. We'd love to do the topics that are important to you. In fact, we pretty much don't come up with our own topics. Except uh, today. So we, except <laughs> for today. We um, we rely heavily. No, we're like 98% um, yeah, yeah. Uh, listener-driven. So 2%. Every now and then we do one ourselves. But we'd love to do those topics. So please send them to us. Um, we'll work them out into a show format. Don't worry about if they're, if they're short, if they're long, if they're complicated, simple. It doesn't matter. We'll figure out where to fit them into the show. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. You can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of goodies. Uh, you get the bonus outtakes from this show. You get the after show from the Misdirected Mark. Uh, you get access to our Slack room for life, which is really, I think, the big draw because that is just full of super good humans um, sitting and having having a lot of fun and being very human uh, at the same time. Like I think that's the... 
the big old thing. Also, we occasionally whip up some stuff. Um, I haven't done it in a little while, but we like to whip up stuff and drop it onto the patrons. I think little games that we create and stuff like that. Uh, and we like to do shout outs to our patrons and I'll just uh, I'll run through these really quick. Todd Crapper, the prophet of probability uh, Thanks, and Todd. the GM for my um, online uh, part-time gods game. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, did a very nice session zero. Thumbs up, Todd. Uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Thomas, who is one of our newest members to the um, Slack room. Yeah, hi. Uh, and hi, Daniel. Thank yeah, you. And she's she's and she's acclimating wonderfully. So it's, it's <laughs> and so it's great to see her in the uh, in the Slack room. Uh, and Thomas Hook, thank you very much. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, and Senda. There's the thing. If you are already patroning the show, which is uh, awesome, or if you can't patron the show, which is perfectly fine, um, there's another thing that people can do that helps us immensely makes us super happy and helps other people find out about the show. What is that thing? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. If you leave it somewhere that's not the iTunes US store, please let us know because it's really hard to find them. We super duper appreciate those reviews. They really do actually help new people find the show and they make me all warm and giddy inside, which is really quite exciting. Anyway, uh, say, Phil, show me what Project Engine Publishing is going to start working on next. Oh, I want to show you. John's been... Uh, John's got something cooking on it, though. Show me what you got. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. 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 Clicky. Well, this is a change from last time we tried to record. As in the computer is on? Well, that computer, that computer isn't on. I have a computer that is on. Yes, the computer that you're trying to work on is in fact on. Uh, yes. Uh, unlike yes. the last one. That was not yes. good. That was a very strange... No. We'll talk about it on the show, but that was a very strange... <laughs> it was uh, a really weird week all around. Yeah, that was that was not bueno. Bloop. I took my backpack uh, to Boston, and it functioned uh, wonderfully. Um, yeah. I dug it very much. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, you, um, and you got me um, some cool new pouches. You got me it's some. Uh, you got me some Topo Designs pouches. Um, also true, because they are located in Denver. <laughs> it's good because I kind of I've wanted something from Topo, but like Topo's, um, like Topo's design aesthetic is like too bright for my. Um, like their Yikes. backpacks and stuff are too bright for me. Like that's they, way they can't too be much. your your outer bag. No, no, yeah. that's way too much color for me, right? Like They're really primary. Yeah, I need I need your all bags my bags got to be black. Yeah, all my all my bags are murder black, right? Like that's the murder black. Just <laughs> what? murder, murder black, murder black. Yeah, that's all my that's all my la- like all my bags are black, um, like my soul. Bloop. Tayaki with the fish the fish cone. Yeah. Because that's it's a sea bream fish that's called a taiyaki yeah. fish. And um, I went and found one in Denver. Yeah, I, yeah, because <laughs> I, I mean, yes, <laughs> so good. I mean, the one you found in Denver had what was it, Nutella in the bottom of the? Um, yes, mine well, had like it was a like custard just coating. 
Yeah, my the Nutella they they just like coated it on the inside because you could get Nutella or you could get red bean paste. Right. Depending on oh. what you were feeling. So so good. So anyway, <laughs> um, Boston was good eats. The weather was garbage. It was um, cold and rainy almost the entire time, except for one day when it wasn't. Bloop. All right, we should start the show. Oh, really quick. My my hotel had a yeah. pillow library. <laughs> I mean, did you take advantage of it? You know, I didn't because the pillows on the bed were okay. But there was like this card that was like, if you don't like these pillows, like select from the following and we'll bring them up to your room. And I mean, it was like, it was immense. Like it was, it was like. We have memory foam pillows, and there—I think there was like a water pillow, and like, like I, don't I even never, know what that is. <laughs> I I'd never been to a hotel where uh, that was an option. Usually, it's like there's pillows on the bed, and maybe there's like one or two in the in the closet. Good luck. Like right, bonchons. Find find that like usually there's like some foam ones and some feather ones, and like you find you find the ones and sleep on them. Because I am inclined for the yellow because it's like bright, wild, correct. Intense, you so far you colors. are inclined for yellow, and no one else is inclined for yellow with me. <laughs> Andy was like, "Eh, uh, your dad." Andy was like, "Ketchup and mustard." My dad is very gently trying to steer me away from it. Does it make any difference to you if I tell you that the yellow one would be significantly less expensive? Um, a little, a, li- a little, um. <laughs> It's a thing that I could fix later. Is there a spider on your wall? <laughs> of some sort. <laughs> I, the way that you just turned and looked at it, like, eh? It was like crawling straight towards your head. Oh, I good. Mean, it's gone it it now. was and wasn't. Like, it was, it's like a foot behind. I mean, it it's like a foot behind, behind me, behind me. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, it's fair. That's how people get superpowers. So, no, it's good. <laughs> no it's, bob in your basement so we're safe now it's springtime a couple things that a couple things that crawl show up hang on i'm gonna just throw this out Bloop. yeah i mean that happens here too. Yeah, Alrighty. then then my cat eats them unless they're the ones i want him to eat at which point he ignores them yes as cats as cats want to do okay anyway meow <laughs> meow all right let's rock and roll Bloop. do do do, do. We're going to do this short because we're trying really hard to be 30 minutes. Yeah, I stopped singing already. I know, I was explaining why. Oh, okay. Bloop! Show me what you got. 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 43 minutes, that's not terrible. Yeah, on the PantyCast, several panties from Panty Stew get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown into the panty. Let me see. Didn't work um, as well. <laughs> let me see. Several, several, gnomes, several gnomes from Panty Stew get together to talk about panty topics there you go, and themselves yeah. in an effort to entertain you and to avoid being thrown into the panties. Yes, good. Yeah, that's not bad. That's better. Um, that that, better. that sounds like the South. That sounds very much like the South Park underpants gnomes. Okay, um, that's not a reference you will get. No, but other people will get it. So okay. stage one underpants, stage three profit. So. <laughs> Good. Let us therefore stop recording because we have gone further than we meant to go. Yes, along the timeline, which line. is which is always like which is my <laughs> brand, right? Going further than we meant to go. <laughs> I meant by timeline, but you know, sure. 
and panties. <laughs> panties will never end. <laughs> Say bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. And stop.